I will say, you know, play is so important to children. It's the language of children. It's how they express themselves. It's how they work through their fears and worries. Um, and it's a normal developmental activity. So we need to provide a space for them to do that while they're in hospital. Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. The voice you just heard belongs to Dominique Rust. She and Christina Konchak are the featured guests in Season 5, Episode 7 of YXC Underground. There is a space inside Saskatoon's Jim Pattison Children's Hospital where kids can pick up a paintbrush, choose their favorite book, sit down at a grand piano, and even create something using a 3D printer. It's called the Teammates for Kids Child Life Zone. And not only is it bringing a sense of normalcy back to the lives of children, but it's helping them understand the medical challenges they are facing. Dominique Rust and Christina Konchak are helping to make this space so special within the hospital. You'll find out how in this episode of YXE Underground. More MRIs to happen because, yeah, wow, that's amazing. This is one of the very few times I was reminded that I was in a hospital when standing in the child life zone. You can't help but be in awe when you walk into this space. First of all, it's really big. There's plenty of space for kids to simply play, a concept Dominique touches on several times in our conversation. There are large windows that encompass the room and allow plenty of sunlight in. The ceiling is high and the space has one of the coolest music rooms I've ever seen. There's even a beautiful kitchen and dining space for families to use. Now a little bit of background on this unique space. The Child Life Zone is part of a North American organization called Teammates for Kids. There are Child Life Zones in various cities across the United States, but Saskatoon is the only city in Canada that has a Child Life Zone. What is the purpose of the Child Life Zone? Well, it offers supports and education for young patients and families to help reduce stress and anxiety that go along with hospital stays, tests, and procedures. It also offers kids a break from the hospital setting, which I think is something we can all empathize with. In this space are certified child life specialists like Dominique Grust, along with recreational therapists and a music therapist. And it would not exist without a host of community partnerships and sponsors, which Christina facilitates in her role with the Chim Pattison Children's Hospital Foundation. For years, children like 12-year-old Avon have found joy and happiness in the child life zone. Avon was diagnosed with leukemia in April of 2021 and spent a fair bit of time in the hospital undergoing tests and treatments. His favorite area of the hospital was, without a doubt, the child life zone. There's like the front desk and then there's like video game place. So they have like these cool like chairs that you can sit on and they're like orange and white and stuff and like shaped kind of like an egg or something. <laughs> yeah. And then they have like three Xboxes. So it's as, so, like, three kids can play at a time. They have this really cool racing game that I like to play on there. Uh, then they have, like, an art room, and the art room is awesome. I always want to go there when I go there. And then, like, so one time they even let us do this thing called splatter painting. So they put, like, a piece of paper on the wall, and we uh, took some syringes and filled it up with paint and splattered it all over the paper on the wall. And that was my favorite thing the whole time. 
Avon does an excellent job of describing the layout of the child life zone, and it leads perfectly into my conversation with Dominique and Christina. Dominique Rust is the manager of the Child Life Zone, and she manages a team of recreation and child life therapists, as well as a music therapist. Christina Konchak is the Hospital and Community Engagement Director for the Jim Pattison Children's Hospital Foundation, and together they gave me an amazing tour of the Child Life Zone on a Friday morning. What I love about this conversation is that as Dominique and Christina are describing the many amenities in this space, they share the impact that these amenities have on children and their families. In the first part of our conversation, Dominique and Christina explain the importance of play in a child's life and how medical play can help prepare a child for their treatment. We also talk about a certain country music superstar's unique connection to Saskatoon's Child Life Zone. Let's go visit this wonderful space. Okay, so when you first walk into the Child Life Zone, you are a little overwhelmed with how colorful and bright and beautiful this space is. Anytime we have patients and families come in for the first time, their first reaction is, whoa, something they're not expecting. Um, So right at the front, we have our front desk, and it's usually staffed with some of our therapists who are here um, doing some work or seeing patients. Um, and to the right of where we are is our uh, video game area. So we are a children's hospital. Kids need video games. We have a Switch. We have a PlayStation. We have Xbox. Um, in the last year, you know, we are expanding and seeing what the needs are of our patients, and we have a lot of older youth. So we've got our basketball hoop um, in the corner there. So trying to get something for all ages. What, what is right behind you? Oh, this is exciting. So this is a 3D printer. We were really... You have a 3D printer here. We do. Yes, absolutely. Um, We were really fortunate to have our foundation partner with Teammates for Kids to build these zone-to-go carts. So oftentimes, patients can't come down to the zone. They have to stay in their room. They're on isolation and things like that. So these carts are designed to bring the zone to them. So we have those fun and engaging activities. with our 3D printer, we, we just got it. It's brand new, and it's just an opportunity for kids to play and create and do those super fun things. And, um, you know, hopefully in the future we can connect with our teachers upstairs and do some more um, learning and the coding and, and all those types of things. I, I have to ask, like, where, where did the idea for a 3D printer in the Child Life Zone come from? That's a great question. Uh, Yeah, so we are um, part of a network of 14 other child life zones in North America. Um, We are the first in Canada to have a space like this here. Um, But the network of all the zones in the U.S., they all have 3D printers. So we wanted a 3D printer. (laughs) So, yeah, that's how we got our 3D printer. That is so cool. And you mentioned all the other zones. Can we we go to the map? Okay. So you have to... um, What am I looking at here? Because I I think this is so cool. Okay, so this is a map of North America, and it shows where all of the child life zones are. Um, Obviously, Saskatchewan right here, right at the top. And there are zones in uh, Minnesota, in Denver, Colorado, Los Angeles. They opened in the last couple of years. Um, Phoenix, Texas has quite a few. There are four zones in Texas. And Atlanta, New York. This map was 2019, and since then, they have opened a zone up um, in Florida as well. So uh, hopefully we can update that soon, but I think they're working really hard to expand and go to more places. When you see this, Christina, like how, what, what goes through your mind? 
that I think we're so fortunate to be the one and only um, in Canada to have a dedicated child life zone and to be part of such a larger network. Yeah. I, I, that must be so cool to, to know that, like, A, it's the only one in Canada, but you're, you're part of this, like, there's something big here. That must be so, like, like that must feel good. It definitely feels good. It's a, it's a wonderful partnership um, to be able to have and to be part of. You know, Dominique has the opportunity to meet with some of these other child life zones and to learn best practices from one another and obviously, you know, gain some additional tools and things like that, like the 3D printer and some of those other pieces. Oh. Yeah, so every year um, all of the zones meet somewhere um, for a couple of days to talk about what's working in their zone, what do they need, what are they finding that, you know, some barriers so we can work together to make the space better. Um, and Teammates for Kids is a, a big part of that. And a fun fact, we always go where Garth Brooks is and he always comes to our round table. So we're very fortunate to be on that type of uh, relationship level with Garth Brooks. He, he sees us and does everything he can for us. So this is kind of a fun fact that um, the founder of Teammates for Kids Foundation is actually Garth Brooks himself. And so back in 2015, um, when we started some discussions on bringing a child life zone uh, to Jim Pattison Children's Hospital, he actually came to Saskatchewan and did two events for us, one in Saskatoon and one in Regina, and helped us raise $2 million to be able to actually build our child life zone here in Saskatoon, in Saskatchewan. Oh my God, <laughs> just sort of blowing my mind. I, I remember I was working for CBC at the time when he was here for those, for those concerts in Saskatoon. And I did a story about like the, the parking issues that might arise from the concert. And that feels so silly right now because he was like doing way better things than I'm covering the parking lot story. <laughs> but here he is like doing amazing things for kids. Well, that... <laughs> I feel like that deserves its whole other podcast, but that's, that's amazing. What is it like hanging out with Mr. Brooks? Oh, he's a very humble man. <laughs> yeah. He really is. He's so kind, and when he talks to us and speaks to us, he recognizes the important work that's done in these spaces and hospitals, and um, he just really supports, and you feel really good when you come out of these roundtables and meeting with everybody and sharing all of your knowledge you are ready to take on the world and fix every pediatric patient who comes through the hospital. I, and, and so when Dominique, when you meet with, with all your other, um, you know, uh, child life zones, like throughout North America, like what, what does that, what does that do for you? Like what, what do you get out of those meetings? So many ideas. Um, it's really a great place to well, our zone to go cards um, and different programming that happens in the different zones my very first year in 2019 was a very like a big learning year to hear what everybody is doing and a lot of those ideas I brought back to Christina with my notebook I was like we got to do all of these things and one of the big things that came out of that that other zones do at Christmas time is that Christmas market and so we do that here at the hospital where we set up a space for the patients to shop for mom and dad and a place for parents to shop for their child who is admitted to hospital so we do that two days before christmas and that was an idea that i got from one of the other zones wow yeah. so it's 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 a very like i know we're the only one in canada but it seems like a very collaborative experience this child life zone it is a very collaborative experience. You know, Dominique and I um, work very closely together to be able to make some of these events and things like that happen and, and work with a lot of our community partners to be able to support some of these extra events too. That's so cool. Okay, um, where, where to next here, Dominique? Okay, so uh, 
to the right here is our gaming area, like I said before. Um, if we look to the left, we have an entire kitchen. Um, Pre-COVID, we did a lot of baking and, and group programming that way, but we weren't allowed, you know, with infection control and things like that, we had to kind of stop. But this space is still being used with families. Um, whether we have a patient who just wants to come down and do some baking one-on-one, -on -one, we follow all of the guidelines and they can do their own baking. Um, we've had families who've come down just to to cook you know they they miss home they're away from home for a long time they're tired of you know hospital food or takeout and just an opportunity to cook a meal so we you know we work with the foundation to get all of our resources so we have like a little bit of a baking budget so we can go out and what do you want to make you want to make pancakes you want we had a um, patient last week who wanted to do quesadillas so we did that for her so we have full access to our kitchen as well that's so interesting because I, I in, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, the, like the video games that I see a foosball table, um, the basketball hoops, like I, that's what I think of in terms of like kids and games, but I, my mind doesn't go to, to baking or cooking, but there's an interest, hey? For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's such a normal activity yeah. as well. You know, this space really provides that environment that's away from the hospital. So you can do those normal things, you know, especially if you're here for weeks at a time, um, it's, yeah, we're just very lucky to have this space. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so we got the kitchen on the left, and yeah, then... Um, well, I'll say, too, yeah. oh, this, yes. this large table here is kind of our hub for programming. So in this space can hold a lot of people. Um, and so we do a lot of our special events down here in our weekly programming. So we'll set up our table here for bingo or arts and crafts and things like that. So this is a nice area for everyone to gather in yeah. one spot. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, and like you said, too, it's, what, it's one big, long table. Like when 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 kids come down here like does like are our, our, our friendships made yes. during this time yeah yes yes absolutely um so my team they will do open zones a couple of times a week where we'll just kind of put it out there who wants to get out of your room and come down and uh oftentimes we've had patients come and meet down here or plan times to come down here as well so friendships okay. definitely are made i love that Okay, where to next? Okay, so to the right, we have our art area. So as you can see on the wall here, there is paint splattered from floor to ceiling. This is one of our, our uh, more fun and uh, rule-breaking activities a little bit. So we do some medical plays. So we will um, offer different medical equipment to patients to get their hands on just to normalize it and decrease that anxiety. So syringes, empty syringes we fill with paint. And that's what you're seeing here, just like sprayed up on the wall and everything like that. So just like a fun way to um, normalize those medical, um, that medical equipment. That's really interesting. Like how, how, how do kids react? Because I, I, when I saw this, I just assumed it would be paintbrushes that, that no. did that. No. Well, at first they're like, are you sure? Can I? And it's like, go for it. That's why we don't really clean up too much to kind of give permission. You can make a mess and you can be creative and it's fun. So they love it. And it puts the kids at ease afterwards, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we actually had a little bit of a staff event in the fall, and we encouraged the staff to syringe paint, and they were hesitant, but they loved it just as much. So That's so interesting. I love it. Yeah, so in this space here is kind of where we do lots of um, art activities one-to-one. Um, nice big bright open windows and there's pretty much everything that you need in here whether that's paint or clay craft kits all types of stuff in here yeah yeah awesome all right so this middle area here uh, 
kind of is a little bit of storage, but also all of our toys are out here. We have everything in individual buckets, so it's easy to clean. If we want to bring it to a patient bedside, um, it's easy to do that. And on the right here, we have our stock of books. So we have a little bookmobile cart right there. Okay, yeah. It looks like your classic library <laughs> cart that we wheel around once a week. So with the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation. I'll let you, Christina, chat about that. Yeah, it is a partnership through the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation. They actually supply books for us to be able to actually take up to kids. So the cart rounds um, once a week to be able to go up to patient rooms and be able to gift them a book. So they can actually look at the cart, pick something that they want to actually read, and they get excited, I think, for the next time the cart's actually going to come back. But um, it is community partnerships like this that allow us to be able to add some of these additional enhancements I, I have so many questions about the partnerships I, I want to hang on to them for a bit but I think that's such a wonderful example isn't it because like you know I, I you know remember being in elementary school and the and obviously you go down to the library which you can't hear but there'd also be the the bookmobile that would come by every classroom and you could look at it and it was just kind of normal in a school and yet you're bringing that normalcy here to the hospital. And these, are, and these are fun books. They're not necessarily the educational books that you would find in school that you have to read. These are fun books, picture books, and we have books for all ages and even parents who actually, you know, may want to um, have a little something to read kind of in their downtime. Yeah, no kidding. So that's great. All right, so lots of different toys here. Yes. So on this side, okay. um, it's just toys. I don't know, how do you explain toys to, <laughs> to people listening? This kind of our toddler, younger child area. Um, we have made forts with our little um, cushions and things like that. Um, but just, you know, getting kids out of their rooms to come down and play. Um, I will say, you know, play is so important to children. It's the language of children. It's how they express themselves. It's how they work through their fears and worries. Um, and it's a normal developmental activity. So we need to provide a space for them to do that while they're in hospital. How, how young are some of the kids that come here? Well, we'll bring infants down here, um, you know, whoever can leave their room. So if you can come down with mom and you just want to sit and play, like when we get into the music space, I know our music therapist wants to do more um, infant and parent music groups and things like that. So and pretty much anyone who can come out of their room, they can come down. Wow. Yeah. That's great. All right. So we'll go over to our medical play space. Okay. Okay, so that's kind of where we get into a little bit more of the therapeutic side of child life. Um, so in child life, we really want to provide our pediatric patients an opportunity to learn about what's going to happen to them during their medical experience. Oftentimes, things are just done to children. You go in for blood work, you get poked, you cry, it's really scary, you don't really know what's happening, all these adults are around you, the doctors talk to mom, they don't talk to you, so they don't aren't really involved in a lot of what they experience. So medical play gives an opportunity to slow things down. This is what blood work is. We have these really great teaching kits um, for different procedures. Pick line, um, pill swallowing, blood work, um, IV starts. And inside the kit is all of the equipment. Everything that you would see the nurse bring into your room, you can put your hands on. So it normalizes it, it brings down those worries. And then as we play through the activity, you have an opportunity to correct any misconceptions. You know, when you're a child, you have very um, magical thinking. And so it's a chance 
to slow things down so they can get ready. And then once they understand what's gonna happen to them, we create a coping plan. So for blood work, are you going to watch? Do you wanna sit with mom? Do you wanna watch an iPad? Um, do you wanna count? Like what are the things that will help you get through your procedure uh, successfully? So the next time you come, it's easier. So medical play, it's great. We have a really fun ambulance here that Crestline built for us. Yes, we were very fortunate in building um, the Child Life Zone that Crestline, um, who builds ambulances, actually wanted to come on board and actually build something specifically for the Child Life Zone. So this is the actual back end of an ambulance um, that they've actually, you know, made to fit, made to order for the Child Life Zone. And um, it has all the bells and whistles. It has sirens, it has flashing lights. Um, you can actually sit in the, in the ambulance, in the back of the ambulance and actually play on the radio. I mean, it has absolutely everything. And it also has all of the medical equipment, that's real medical equipment that children can actually physically touch and play with too. Yeah. May, so, may we go inside? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So when we stock the ambulance, we'll take uh, items right from the Kanban carts right on the unit. So uh, we ha do have some toys in here too. So this is Ray. Ray is our patient puppet, um, and we use him a lot for teaching. So we can do. Um, we look. He has an IV in his hand. Oh, right he now. does. Yeah, yeah. He does. So we, yeah. So we go through and um, you know practice on on the patient first, and then we get ready to do it the the play with with the child as well. So he comes around and is our mascot. We dress him up at Halloween. He joins our parade, and he's in some uh, social stories as well. Wow. So, so when. So when kids come in, when kids come in here, and yeah, make sure Ray's okay. Yeah, he's there fine. we go. Okay. So like when they when they come in here and and see and see all this, like, I like I'm I'm overwhelmed. Like in it, there's just so much stuff in here. Um, like from a kid's perspective, like what what do you think's going through their mind? And then how do you how do you interact with them to to calm any like? Yeah. What a challenging job. I well, would think. Yeah, it, there's some challenges for sure, but uh, usually when kids see this, they jump right in. Like they are excited to be given permission to to go through this type of stuff, right? Usually you're not allowed to touch any of that. So giving them the permission to get in there and explore, they're all for it, very excited about it. And they start to play and they play pretend and they have their dolls and they you know, check each other out with the stethoscope or they get into the gauze and they rape a, you know, put a cast on their teddy bear or who, with their sibling or who or their mom, whoever else is here. So it, it allows them, gives them permission to get into the things that usually you're not allowed to touch. And just that with. idea of play, isn't it? You mentioned that earlier, the importance of play. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun. Wow. So they'll, they'll actually, like, like you said, put a, a cast on their teddy bear and then they'll like, they'll do like I guess diagnose each other or things yeah. like that too. Yeah. and it usually will mimic whatever they're experiencing so you know we've had families come here and they've talked about um, getting a uh, EEG and okay now we have to lay down and this is what's happening and you know the child is the doctor to their parent and they're they just start expressing and, and role-playing what they've experienced or what they think they're gonna come up and oftentimes you know their bears or dolls are very brave 
and they can do all of the things that they're asked to do. Yeah. So it's just a chance, you know, to jump into and start asking some questions and, you know, how does your doll like to be held when they're getting a poke? And is, is the, are they brave? Are they afraid? And, and so you kind of get some ideas of how they're feeling about their own experiences through the, the, that type of play. Is it usually a case where, like, a, a child comes down here and after maybe, like, one session's not the right word, but, like, one experience here, like... Can you see a difference? I think so, you know, and it will depend on a child too. You know, we've had some experiences with children who have had a lot of medical experience and it hasn't always been good. And so I can think of one example, um, a little girl who sees many different specialists and she's coming to the hospital often and got so upset about coming to the hospital, cry the whole drive. And it was really difficult to get any work done. And, you know, mom is worried for her child who's experienced a great deal of trauma. So we connected with them and just started some medical play sessions. So inviting them to come to the hospital just to play. There's no appointments attached to this and it gave her an opportunity to come to the hospital without something bad happening and without getting hurt or having that negative experience. She was able to build a relationship with one of our child life specialists and as she got to know her, I think they came maybe four or five times with no appointments attached just to play and then you know our child life specialist they came they played she joined them at their appointment with our specialist and then they came back to the zone afterwards and played so they reframed the memory of coming to the hospital that it started good and then it ended good and so now two years later this little girl she's ready she marches in she's ready to see her child life specialist and get go on with her date because she knows what's going to happen and it's really impacted um, her care and you know she's going to be somebody who's going to be coming to hospital for her life so we're building really important foundation for coping so that's that must be so powerful to hear it's really powerful to hear how much the child life program really does help kids and families um, create those those positive healthcare experiences because we know a lot of these kids will continue to actually come to the hospital into um, you know throughout their childhood and and then obviously into adult life um, and it's just really really important to make sure that they have all of those skills. Um, what's that like for you and your team when you have when you see a success story like that and and like you said because this person is going to be coming, you know, to hospitals for the rest of her life. But the fact that you've able to like reframe it into a positive experience, what, what, how does that make your team feel and you? Well, this is why we went into the work that we did. We recognize that there are gaps in healthcare and children need more time. And I think we just come from a place like our own personalities and characteristics are to teach and to, and to help and, and get kids ready. So we high five ourselves and great job, well done, and on to the next. So okay. I'll, I'll get out of the ambulance now. Um. <laughs> okay. So I'll talk a little bit more about um, some of the other medical play that yes. we do here. Yeah. So this is our mock MRI table. It could also be CT. Um, MRI scans can be very long and they can be loud and they can be very scary. Um, and right now, 
I guess before, before child life came in, pretty much anybody under the age of 12 who was going for an MRI was going under sedation with a general anesthetic. And there's, there's risks involved with general anesthetic. And so because of the ages and everybody being put on the GA list, the general anesthetic list, the wait list was becoming very, very long. So we started working with MRI to kind of screen out who might be able to do their scan awake with a little bit of prep and knowledge. So we started a, an MRI program before COVID. So we were looking at kiddos around seven to about 12 who were going for a scan anywhere from like 15 minutes to 40 minutes um, without contrast. So that would be like an IV poke that they would need. And we would bring them here. So we have some MRI goggles, virtual reality goggles that um, a program with the university developed in partnership with the MRI here. Really? At yeah, yeah. So you put them on and it walks you through the whole MRI suite. So right, the registration desk, and so you can see everything. And there's some sounds on that, but we'll go through the sounds of the MRI, like what they, what they sound like, and um, ask them questions, like what do you think that sounds like? And uh, talk about, you can watch a movie, you can wear headphones. Um, we got new virtual reality goggles, not too, last year, and the MRI program on there actually tells you if you're gonna move or not. So you put them on, and we practice laying down on the on the bed. Okay, so what are what are we looking at here? Like it looks like an MRI machine, doesn't it? Well, Crestline built this for us as well. Built this as well for us. Really? Yeah. yeah, custom made. So it comes out. So we practice. We, okay, we're gonna lie down because we're gonna yeah. practice this because it's not a natural, you know, test to do. It's it's weird. Yeah. And so we get them on there. We put the goggles on and we we slide them in and we play the sounds and we talk about what it means to hold still in like a statue and. Um, just a chance to kind of go through, was that okay? Can you, do we need more practice before you go? And we've done really, really well, like success rates. So now we work really closely with the neurology uh, clinics and they will send referrals to Child Life before they even go on the GA list. So we can do an assessment and see if they do need a general anesthetic or if we think we, they can do it awake. So it's been great for, for those families, like especially with neuro, you're having to come back you know, every six months or a year to get these scans done. So that's been really, really great. Wow. Who, who thought of doing this? Like, we're, I, what, what a great, what, like, just what a great idea, though. Um, originally, I'm not sure, yeah. but, you know, with child life in different hospitals around the world, you know, stuff like this exists, yeah. right? Like, they, lot, lots of practice and prep and is, and if we can get our hands on anything that can simulate what a child will experience, we'll do it. You are listening to Episode 7, Season 5 of YXC Underground. My name is Eric Anderson, and our featured guests are Dominique Rust and Christina Konchak from the Jim Patterson Children's Hospital and its foundation. Listen to YXC Underground wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or the website yxcunderground.com. Follow YXC Underground on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where you will see some amazing photos of the Child Life Zone and of Dominique and Christina, taken by Saskatoon photographer Molly Shikoski. The work being done in the Child Life Zone is really impacting the lives of children and their families. 
And I hope you were as amazed as I was when learning about the MRI machine and the ambulance that helps prepare kids for their medical treatments. In the last part of our conversation, we visit the music therapy space and discover the impact music can have on patients. We also discuss the importance of bringing a sense of normalcy into the lives of children and how Dominique and her team support one another during challenging days. Let's pick up our conversation with Christina describing the music therapy room in the Child Life Zone. Well, the music therapy space is one of the best spaces here, I think. Um, you know, Ruth is our music therapist here in the Child Life Zone, and she's just fantastic at connecting with kids. Um, you, music therapy is such an important part of, of child life, the Child Life program. Um, and so there's a host of different equipment and things like that that, that kids can play with. Um, this is one piece, was a baby grand piano that I think was fantastic to be able to have. Um, and, uh, and that was actually purchased through you know, a partnership through Benjamin's Gift of Music um, to be able to you know, ensure children had access to um, you know, music therapy equipment like a piano, there's drums, all sorts of different things. Yeah, uh, guitars, ukuleles, uh, the rain sticks. So Ruth has her cart and she loads it up and she'll go right to the bedside and do some music therapy. And this space will have um, like programming in here. So we do a lot of programming around special events um, and like all the fun stuff that happens in the hospital like my team does. We. We, we develop it, we facilitate it, we run it um, like from Santa Claus to trick-or-treating, like all those things. So we've started doing, um, it started with our camp week. We usually do a camp week in August and do camp stories. And so we would do it in here, but now we've combined them that we're doing music and storytelling at the same time. So we'll have kids come down during that week and um, Ruth will do the music and one of our child life specialists reads some stories. Uh, so it's just really fun. There's, there's so much, um, we're, we're lucky at, at Sherbrooke to have a music therapist as well. And it's, it's incredible to see the, the power that music has in an individual's life. Like it, you, you two must see that here and, and I guess throughout the hospital. Yeah. Well, even when patients come down to the zone for the first time and they come around the corner and see the piano, it's like, oh, I didn't know you had a piano here. Can I play? It's like, absolutely. Go sit down and do what you want. Or do you want to bring a guitar to your room or what? You know, just how can we get you in this space to use it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is just amazing. Like, I, I'm, I'm just, I feel overwhelmed with all the things here. And, and, but I also know, like, it's, it's a lot of work behind the scenes to make this happen. Like, Christina, when you, when you approach local businesses, like a Crestline, um, like, how, how, how do you, how do you pitch the Child Life Zone? And then, like, I, I'm assuming the the reception's always like, you know, how can we help it? Do you find that that is often the case? Absolutely. I think I have to mention first that um, the Mosaic um, Child Life Program, so Mosaic actually helped us build, develop, and actually um, run the Child Life Program here in the Child Life Zone. And so they actually came to the table when we actually did those first two events with Garth Brooks and actually gave $2 million towards helping us develop and actually, um, you know, build that program. They've since actually come back and donated an additional $3 million to help us complete and, and continue that programming. So the Mosaic Child Life 
Life program is a fantastic program. Um, they also know that additional needs are there, and so they encourage us to actually you know, communicate with some of our community partners. And this is such a fantastic space for us to be able to talk about to our donors and say this is a tangible way that you can actually help children and families cope with hospitalization. There's, there's something about, I love that you, you use the word tangible, because I think for donors, it's like, oh, that, that's where like my money is actually like, I can see it or I, like I can see it experience. Like, does that make it not an easier pitch, but like just maybe easier for donors, I guess, to understand? I think it's all about storytelling. And these are real stories from children and families that are in the hospital and, and trying to manage, you know, what that means. Um, bringing the normalcy back to, you know, when, when they don't actually have a lot of control um, when they're in the hospital, it's really important. And so being able to actually go out and tell those stories of those kids and how the Child Life Program actually helped them kind of manage their fears and, um, you know, have an outlet for creativity I think is really really something that that hits hard to donors it just makes absolute sense yeah. oh and there's there's so many ways that, that kids can be creative in this space um Dominique may I ask you a really big question mm. okay um why why is normalcy so important um to kids in in a, in this hospital uh well anytime somebody is a, a child is admitted to hospital they're out of their home environment. They're not at school. They're not with their friends. They're not doing those regular activities that they would do at home. They're not going to hockey. They're not going to dance. They're stuck here. And sometimes they can kind of, that development kind of pauses. And that can lead to mental health issues as well and just feeling really sad. And so bringing in the space like this and providing normalcy helps them, you know, rebuild and um, gives them an like a break. You know, when you're in the hospital and you've got doctors and nurses and social workers and tons of people coming in and out of your room every day with tons of information, to be able to take a break from that and come to a space where you can be a kid is really important for that development, especially our long-term kids. Um, hospitalization has, you know, uh, lifelong impacts. And being able to provide a space where they can express their fears, express how they're feeling about different things and build coping skills will help them um, continue to grow and develop and, and become healthy adults. When, when, you see, when you see kids, um, you know, express emotions that are maybe, you know, like um, they're, they might be scared or they're, they're sad or they're, maybe some of those, like, I guess, tougher emotions. Um, what, what is that like for you personally? personally? Like, do you, like... Does, how, how does that make you feel? Well, first of all, being sad and scared is normal. Yeah. So to be able to acknowledge, to be like, yeah, that is scary. You are going to have a test you've never had before. And I can see that you're sad and that's okay. Um, it's, it's important. It doesn't, I've always worked with children. Um, and so giving them an opportunity to learn about what's going on around them is really important and will help with that. So, um, I, I see the big emotions and, and the experiences that kids are having and always just trying to look forward and how can we help them feel better. Even if it's just for one afternoon, for one hour, they came down and played bingo, like that's a win. Yeah. That's going to make an impact on their stay and their admission. So Your empathy skills just must be through the roof. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, 
um, I just feel that this is, it's a, it's a fit for me. I know that not everybody can work with children and it's just a place that I feel very comfortable in. I can, I could talk to an entire Saskatel Centre space of kids, but if you ask me to go and chat with eight adults in a room, it'd be difficult. So. <laughs> well, I think you're doing very well so far. There's uh, just one of you, yeah, that's so that's true. fine. That's true. I, I, the reason why I ask though is like, um, I, j I just imagine like, um, throughout the, the years of doing the podcast, I've, I've had the privilege of speaking with social workers who, who work in very challenging environments. Mm -hmm. and, and we sometimes talk about like the compassion fatigue and, and just, you know, you're, you're giving so much and then, you know, it's, you see some hard things. Yeah. And that's why I, I was curious because yeah. when I think of a children's hospital, like this doesn't immediately come to mind, like this amazing space. I, I sometimes think of like the the challenges that come with it. So that's why I was, I was curious, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'll also add that the team that we have here is amazing. And we all, I should say, they rely on each other for that peer support. So if there is a hard case, um, they're probably being seen by by recreation therapy, child life, and music. They're probably all seeing them because they all will have different goals for the interaction with those patients. And so they have an opportunity to discuss those cases and, you know, this isn't really working and, and I had a hard time with that. And so um, I think as a, like a working culture, I think it's really supportive and we lean on each other and we recognize um, through our education and that, that burnout and, you know, uh, fatigue is a real thing and we have to be careful and for me as a manager I often talk to my team about like it's okay if you say no I can't come to that I have too many other things going on like you can you can step back you you I give you permission to you know step back take no say no take care of yourself because you can't you can't give from an empty bucket yes very wise too she's very wise she is very <laughs> How, how did you how did you end up here? Uh, well, I've always worked with children um, from coaching daycares. I worked uh, with at youth or risk at youth youth at risk. Sorry, um, I worked at the Dubay Center um, adolescent psychiatry, and I always knew that I wanted to work with children. Child development is something that I've always been interested in. And I watched this, this hospital be built from the windows of Dubay and knew that I needed to be here. And this is what I wanted to do. How did you know that? I, through my education, um, I did a degree in child and youth care through the University of Victoria. And they had a few different streams you could go into and child life was one. And I always wanted to be in hospitals, working with children and teaching and coping skills and things like that. So when the opportunity came up for management position. I knew it would be an amazing opportunity um, to work at the hospital here, but also build a child life program for the province of Saskatchewan. We, we are a very small program, and if you look to other provinces and their children's hospitals, they have very large child life teams. And so the families and the pediatric patients of this province were, are missing that support in child life. So I really wanted to build that. And I'm very excited and passionate about child life. So I jumped on the opportunity and here I am. Christina, is it, is it easy to work with someone who has like the passion and energy that, that Dominique has and her team has? I think that that's a major component about why the child life program is so um, amazing and works so well. Um, I think that, you know, our foundation team as well as the child life team, we're all passionate about helping kids and families. And I think that um, that's why it works so well. Um, you, 
a couple times you've, you've mentioned a word that just reminded me of an interview I did a, a few years ago with a kindergarten teacher, and her name is Mrs. McDonald, and she would refer to her students as kiddos. And, and, but, I, but I love that because, like, she, she loves her students. She loves her kiddos. And it's, it's clear that, like, you, you love the kids that, that come here. Like, how, how, like do, do those connections come right away for you? Or do, does it take a few, like, a few times to get to know the, the kids? Or, or I guess maybe it depends on the kid. Yeah, I think it depends on the kid. But also in a management position, I don't actually work front line um, as much as... I would love to. So when I'm in the zone and I see families and it's just very, I don't know, easy, natural. Talk to a kid. Hey, how are you? Like, oh, I like your Pokemon shirt. That's amazing. Pikachu's my favorite. And you're, it's just kind of flows from there. Um, you know, sometimes you're going to meet kids who've had some medical trauma and you're just another person in the hospital and I don't want to talk to you. So you have to work on it a little bit. Um, but we have lots of resources and tools to, to get in with uh um, a child. Yeah. So, yeah, no kidding. Um, you both have been very, very generous with your time. Um, before I let you go, I'm, I'm wondering, like, this, this is such a beautiful space right now. Um, like, five years down the road, do you do you have like b- bigger plans, bigger ideas? How you'd like to expand? Can I I <laughs> Of course, we're always thinking of how to make our program better. Um, one of the things with healthcare is things are changing. Technology is changing. So we're always looking to see what is out there and what other um, hospitals are doing and other programs. Um, the whole team, everybody has a really great connection with the other professionals across uh, Canada and the U.S. So to be, we can reach out. It's very easy to reach out and find out what's going on. So I would just say just more of everything. That's, that's our big dream. <laughs> And I think that our foundation specifically wants to support those enhancements. And we see how valuable the Child Life Program is. And with the support of donors like the Mosaic Company, um, who knows what we'll be able to actually do in the future. We're really, really fortunate. And, uh, and it's going to be exciting to see it in five years. No kidding. Um, th- thank you for taking the time to, like, um, you know, just spend with me and, and, and take listeners through this, like, amazing space. Not, not only the space, though, but, like, the impact, like the difference it makes on on children, like and and it doesn't happen without your hard work and your hard work as well, like to make all this happen. It's it's yeah. This must be a really great place to work. It just seems that way. It is. Yeah. We have the best job in the hospital, for sure. <laughs> thank you both so much. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. This has been Episode 7, Season 5 of YXC Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, produce, and edit this local independent podcast. My thanks once again to Dominic Grust and Christina Konchak for taking time out of their busy schedules to speak with me on the podcast. If you want to learn more about the work being done at the Jim Pattison Children's Hospital and the connections being made by its foundation, please visit pattisonchildrens.ca. You can listen to YXE Underground wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or the website, yxeunderground.com, and feel free to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. Follow YXE Underground on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and that's where you'll see some wonderful photos from the Child Life Zone and of Dominique and Christina, taken by Saskatoon photographer and my friend, Molly Shikoski. 
A few quick thank yous before I say goodbye. Thank you to Saskatoon's Danger Dynamite for managing the website. Thank you to my cousin Andrew Dixon for the original theme music. And thank you to Molly Shikoski for doing such a wonderful job with the photos. And before I go, I would like to acknowledge that YX Underground has passed 50,000 downloads as an independent podcast here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I just, I really love that number. I think it's really cool. Um, I can't thank all of you enough uh, for your support and your listens and spreading the podcast through word of mouth and all the shares and all the things that have uh, allowed YXC Underground to reach this milestone. I'm very, very grateful uh, for all of you listeners and uh, I can't wait till we hit 60,000 and 80,000 and 100,000. So um, yeah, just thank you so much for supporting this local independent podcast. I really do appreciate it. Before I go, I would like to acknowledge that these interviews were done on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. My name is Eric Anderson. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon.